0: Welcome to episode 29, actual episode 29 of the Dead Idea Valhalla Podcast. Hello, Valhalla This is Gary Butterfield. I'm your host, it's a Variety Podcast. Or should I call you Valhalla Nuts? <laughs> No, no, it's, uh, it's Valhalla Knots. Um, it's a beautiful Saturday. Yeah, outside, I assume, I'm staying inside because of who I am. I just wanted to, you know, last week I, I had a weird, weird show around that rerun. Feeling bad. I'm feeling a little bit better now. Uh, so apologize for that. Every once in a while that's going to happen. As Paul F. Tompkins likes to say on his podcast, if You know, that is, to your dissatisfaction, please consult the Bursar for a full refund. So I just wanted to instantly date this podcast uh, for a moment, talk a little bit about Amy Winehouse. Uh, She is a drunk junkie who had a crossover hit kind of uh, from the pop world and was appreciated by a lot of people who generally like, you know, kind of artier music or indier music or more respectable music. So she died. You know, probably from drugs. You know, everyone's saying it's uh, you know, it's undetermined at this point. I'm sure that drugs led her to whatever situation it was, and just kind of that made me think of a few a few things. The fact that she died. Uh, one, it's it's funny to me the way that people are handling this because people are either making, you know, the same joke. Everyone's making the same joke because her biggest hit. She had this big song about how she didn't want to go to rehab. And of course, uh, rehabilitation would have got her off drugs and saved her life. So, I mean, that's not an original joke. Everyone's making it or some kind of variation of it, myself included. You know, in that that reaction, it's a little bit tired, but what do you want? You know, you, you sing a song like that, you live that kind of lifestyle. The other reaction is really kind of lionizing her and taking to task the people who are making jokes about this really, really harshly. And that to me seems pretty crazy. You know, regardless of what you thought of her as a musician, first of all, she hasn't really been relevant musically in four or five years. I mean, that single was from a long time ago. Second, you know, she did all of those things. Like, everything that, you know, makes people want to make fun of her, she did those things. You know, she was like a crazy, junkie, scenester mess. Just public, public mess. It wasn't, you know... That is her choice. I'm not saying that she deserved to die or anything. I mean, even though she probably essentially killed herself in one way or another. But she made the choices that that led to people making fun of her. And I don't have very much sympathy for her. I don't have that much sympathy in general for for drug addicts. I think I can count just on one finger the drug addicts that I have sympathy for and it's bubs from the wire. You know, other than that, I just, you know, to me, it's like it's that's that's your choice. And I understand that life is tough and that leads people to make bad decisions. But if you were to take everything about my life statistically, like you were to take my parents and my upbringing and my economic level and everything, it is highly likely that I should be a drug addict or be in prison or be dead. And I've, I got through it. Like, it's, it's hard. It sucks. Like everything that I had to, to deal with you know, growing up, it definitely sucks, but it, you know, I got through it without having to become a crazy junkie and uh, consequently am alive right now. Um, It doesn't, it just doesn't seem that complicated to me. I know that it probably comes off as really cold and heartless and I'm somebody who has my problems. Like I, you know, I definitely struggle with, with life and and struggle with that kind of thing, you know, to a, to real intense degree, but I just, I've got the sense of personal responsibility Where, you know, I don't, uh, I understand that, hey, needle drugs and and cocaine, you know, not good for you. I don't, I just don't understand how it's not just evident how anybody makes that decision. You know, I just, I don't get it. And, you know, you you can respond, like, well, it's easy for you to say. It's not that easy for me to say. You know, there are definitely times where, like, I felt like absolute shit. Like, I've had to deal with depression. And, of course, it would be nice to take some kind of drug and not feel anything for a little bit or pass out or, or anything like that. Of course it would be nice. I just... I'm a high quality human being. So I don't make those decisions. You know? And that's just... And I understand once you start, you're kind of stuck. But it's not like there aren't methods of recourse. There aren't ways to to get help or get out of it. You know? Because there are. Uh, you know, rehab. Especially if you're a successful artist. I have even less sympathy for you. You know, that's what I want out of the world. is Is I want, you know, some kind of artistic success... And respect and for people to pay attention to what I do and then to have that and then because you know you have so much money and respect and fame that you can't handle that that you have to start doing needle drugs nope no no sympathy for me so I mean that you know maybe that makes me come off as really cold and heartless but that's definitely what I think about it and and then on the other hand there are real people with real problems that didn't bring it upon themselves who are suffering way worse than Amy Winehouse or any of these people actually did you know, whenever anybody reacts to a celebrity's death as if it is some kind of grand tragedy, that drives me crazy. You know, there there are so many people who die. Like, so many people are dying. People are dying all the time. Innocent people. And the big thing they have in common with Amy Winehouse is that you don't know them. You know, for the most part. It's like, of course, like Amy Winehouse's friends and family should be upset. You know, you lose a friend, you lose family. That is difficult. But... Otherwise, you know, what's the difference between Amy Winehouse and people starving or people being raped to death in Africa or any number of just ways that, you know, people, innocent people are dying all the time, all the time. You know, you can say that you have this kind of connection to the music, but I, you know, I'm a little skeptical of that, especially when it comes down to like, you know, that might be true of John Lennon, you know, that you get somebody like this kind of this pop tart, you know, or like when like Lisa Left Eye Lopez died or like... Uh, you know these kind of just disposable entertaining like I have no problem with pop and pop art you know most of the stuff that I like I'm not going to pretend is changing the world but when you put it up you know I had such a connection to the music of Lisa Left Eye Lopez that when she died you know it felt like a tragedy a greater tragedy than you know all the other just constant death of real people you know that to me is a really gross attitude and you know that kind of like relativity of human life I think is really disgusting and uh I don't like it you know I don't like it I mean there's there's sometimes I've been a little bit guilty of it like I care more about when Kurt Vonnegut died than I care about you know people who died in some tragedy that I didn't know but that's because he's you know he's a great artist and he did touch you know my life so in so many ways and I understand you know it's just my my opinion versus other people's but I'm skeptical of the idea of Amy Winehouse or Lisa Left Eye Lopez or the guy from Blind Melon you know, just really really affecting people that way, you know that intensely. I remember having a discussion right after Kurt Cobain died with a guy and I, I'm a big Nirvana fan. that was one of my first favorite bands. I still really like them. you know they're I think they're a great band. Someone was talking about the lyrics and really just talking about how we lost this poet and I was even then being a huge fan and the death being really fresh, I was really skeptical of that. I'm like these you know these lyrics don't don't seem to mean anything you know like a lot of these are just kind of turns of phrases and imagery and it's good calling him you know America's poet is really a crazy exaggeration and the other person was like they mean something we just don't know what they mean and uh, you know I'm sure, I'm sure they did you know it's it's as and I'm somebody who writes lyrics and it's just this person I don't would never consider myself to be you know even if I was 10 times better at it than I am I would never consider myself to be America's poet it's personal it's just an expression of of me You know, and that's valuable, and if other people enjoyed it or related to it, that's valuable too. Acting like I'm fucking Kurt Vonnegut or John Lennon or something like that, that just seems silly to me. Um, One of the things that I got from Amy Winehouse dying, though, is I realized that, uh, you know, if you are ironic enough, you can kind of predict your own death. Kurt Cobain had that song. He wrote about how he didn't have a gun, and then he did. And John Lennon wrote that song asking everybody to burn every copy of Catcher in the Rye, and we didn't heed that advice, and not, you know somebody shot John Lennon. And Amy Winehouse wrote a song about not wanting to go to rehab, which would have fixed her from her her drug addiction and saved her life, and she could just be like a regular human being that just regular exists all the time, you know. So and of course she didn't do that, and uh, then died. So I decided that I wanted to determine how I would die. I was going to snatch fate. From the cold, dark claws of destiny. And uh, I wrote this little song about how, rather, how I don't want to be saved from dying. Uh, this is called Pussy Storm USA. And it is the uh, premiere right here. On the Dead Idea of a Holo podcast Don't want to
1: be saved if I drive. rescue me from
0: Yeah, that was Pussy Storm USA. Um, I'll let you use your imagination as to what a pussy storm actually is. Um, I know that there's probably like level 4 pussy storms and level 3 pussy storms. Um, there's probably some kind of scale. I'd like to suggest the Butterfield scale for measuring the strength of pussy storms. If uh, you have any problem with that, you know, just let me know. So next week we're going to do a music episode and then there's the skip week while my friend Derek's in town. All this is so I can... Work up some material for uh, the next 10 episodes of the second season, the back half. Got some cool stuff planned. Check it out. Here is
1: a song. welcome to
0: part three of the revival of the Butterfield family dino bite. We're looking at racist, sexist, homophobic, terrible jokes, deconstructing them, not doing it alone though, doing it with my, not, not my friend, um, with Gallagher three, who has been an average to below average house guest at best, um, shitty co-host Gallagher three. How are you?
2: Well, I'm doing all
0: right. How
2: are you, Mr. Gary?
0: When you call me Mr. Gary, it makes me sound like you're talking to a cat or a dog. Uh, Just call me Gary, please.
2: We all right, Gary, please. (laughs) Uh,
0: Are you ready to uh, continue
2: our exploration of jokes?
0: Yeah, um, I'm ready. I really mostly want you out of the house. Um, I hate you. You are a, uh, a terrible person, you're a sexist, homophobic piece of shit, you're racist, you know I hate you, I hate the way that you smash watermelons, I hate the way that your two brothers smash watermelons, it's this weird whole family thing, it just disgusts me, you're like swamp people, um, you know I wish I was Morrissey so I could say something just totally terrible about you and your people, but I won't. Uh, so. As, as it is that I hate you and everything can you, do you want to tell the joke for this week it's a uh, sexist joke it's really short too
2: well alright I'll tell the joke this one comes from mustsharejokes.com and uh, the forum user Neo Viper uh, and uh, Neo Viper was given to Quip he says how do you give a woman her freedom of speech and uh and then, and then the answer is a. Uh, by taking your dick out of their mouth.
0: This is really blatantly awful. Um, so, Neo-Viper, if I can call you Neo-Viper, wherever you are out on the internet. Um, the biggest issue with this, I guess, is confusing the, the freedom of speech, like the literal freedom of speech, to you know the, the human right freedom of speech. You know, we're expecting it to be about the human right freedom of speech that, uh, you know, as we all know uh, Ray Charles rode in the back of the bus for in the last installment of this. But really you're talking about literal freedom of speech. So, but it doesn't, it presents problems in both both scenarios. Um, we're talking about the right freedom of speech, taking your dick out of the mouth of one woman is not going to do anything. I mean it's not going to you know it's not a move for women's rights you know if the joke was how do you give a woman a freedom of speech take your dick out of her mouth and then go vote for women's rights you know then then you're doing something for uh for their general freedom of speech but just it's not enough action you know change is slow especially political change especially you know getting rights you know we spend all this time patting ourselves on the back for having a black president and you know it uh, it, it should have happened sooner, and even then, you know, it's a, we consider our president to be this progressive guy against gay marriage. You know, so, so rights move really slow. You'd have to take your dick out of a lot of mouths and stick them into, you know, voting boxes um, to, to really make any kind of real change and give women freedom of speech. On top of that, women have freedom of speech at least in this country. I mean, maybe this joke is from uh, you know one of those countries where it's culturally acceptable to be terrible to women. Um, but, you know, in, in this country, women have freedom of speech. Um, I don't, you know, at least as, as, as much as, as men do, I understand there's a disparity in the rights of men and women. And, uh, and that bothers me, you know, as a, I'm a pretty strict uh, gender egalitarian. But I think as far as freedom of speech goes, there's not that much difference. You know I'm sure I'm wrong I'm sure that you know I could someone could point out the way that's not true if they they wanted to but uh, more or less you know at least officially we do I mean nobody is really totally free to say anything but uh, you know officially we do so it's kind of the problem with the first part you know you're solving a problem that's already been solved this is like you know invent there's a, a commercial that was on TV a long time ago for a uh, invention submission corporation do you know what I'm talking about G3?
2: Right. I put my whole savings in there to invent the sledge two. See too.
0: See, yeah, that's the same kind of thing. It is a, a problem that's already been solved. You know, I have all this food around. I hate it. How do I smash it? And, uh, this was on the commercial. They This guy, you know, in the, the commercial invented straps you attach to a cooler. So you can wear a cooler as a backpack. Now, on paper, maybe that sounds kind of clever in real life it is terrible and stupid (laughs) because one you know there are already straps you're just inventing straps I'm not impressed Um, you can you know for two you can put a tiny cooler in a backpack Um, coolers have handles you have other stuff in your backpack you need more than just a cooler in situations where you need a backpack it's dumb so this is the first part of the joke kind of solves a problem that already exists if you're talking about their actual freedom to speak it becomes much darker because that's a real implied rape going on. The guy who who the protagonist in this joke is a real raper. You know if you're if you're sticking you know make it well okay may, maybe not. If you're sticking your dick into someone's mouth and they want to speak I'm going to assume that there's no implied consent. You know that's a very drastic way to shut someone up you know. Um, if there is consent then it's really not, you're not really giving her her freedom of speech because she's free to speak. She can just tap you out whenever you want if you're not, you know, a raper. You can, uh, she can just kind of pat you or she can get, and then you'll know that she wants to say something, um, and then she can speak and talk about, you know, her opinion, uh, start telling her story instead of history, you know, if you know what I mean, um, anytime you take your dick out of her mouth, no problem. Uh, so even if so, maybe it's an implied rate. Maybe it's just, though, when you consider freedom, it's like, if you put handcuffs on me, you've taken away my freedom to give you a high five. And then to give me my freedom to give you a high five, you take off my handcuffs. I guess I can buy that. Uh, so maybe I, I owe Neo Viper an apology. Um, you know, I'll just find his Geocities webpage. Uh, his avatar is a little Master Chief. Um, he posts on Must Share Jokes. Dot com and you post jokes like this i feel like that's really painting a portrait of neo viper um so neo viper i'm truly sorry if that's what you meant if you meant how do you literally give someone the ability to speak if they have willingly acquiesced this by giving you fellatio then well done i mean you should have set that up a little bit better but uh you know we can't can't win all the time can't rain all the time um, so we're gonna wrap up this Gallagher family fart down thing, and then I'm never going to uh, have Gallagher 3 in the studio again, if I can help it. I hate him, he's a racist homophobe, he, you know, eats all our food, he's been shitting in the litter box. Don't think that I don't know that you shit in the litter box. It's only a little bit closer to the bathroom, you're right outside the bathroom. Sometimes Gallagher 3 gets tired, and I don't wanna walk all that way. I know, I know. You explained it. I don't, I don't care why it is. You can't shit in the litter boxes. The cats don't want to go in there when you're in there. And it just, it's weird. It's a surreal image. You got your pants down around your ankles. You're all bald and disgusting. Your skin looks like a fucking, like a, you look like a, somebody's aunt made out of a baseball glove. You know, just ugh. disgusting. Just lay these farts on us. These Final Four farts. Fart down, and then we get out of here. Uh, then music episode next week. Well, all right. Uh-
2: so, prepare for the final installment of the Gallagher family fart down. Uh, now, now tell me, Mister Gary, been on the way to get your nails done at a fancy saloon, and a salon, saloon, and a lit loose a seven point four on the
0: rectum scale. Uh no, no. I mean, I guess that's probably named after Professor John Rectum, uh, who created the scale for farts. Um, the, I've pretty much topped out at a six, but it really only includes volume and you know ferocity. It's not really a, a odor thing or anything. But I've, I've topped out at six on that on that specific scale. So no, I haven't. Um, good question though. What is the what is the next one? Well, you here uh, been walking your dog
2: down to get it euthanized, and. Uh, had to crimp off some
0: breakfast biscuits. Ah, uh, breakfast biscuits. <laughs> this is the biscuit I least want to eat for breakfast. That's dis- no, I haven't done that. That is disgusting. Also, you know, biscuit really implies a solid to me. Um, I don't know, you know, because well, it doesn't just imply it. The uh, the definition of it implies it as well. So it, it that's really a solid object. So no, um, I wish you could quit talking about shitting your. <laughs> shitting your pants. Gallagher why can't you stop talking about shitting your pants?
2: Well, if I want to shit my pants that's Gallagher 3's business.
0: Now maybe I'll try
2: to stop shitting my pants and uh, when you answer me this question, have uh, you ever been down to southern Florida to sabotage some voting machines and uh, on your way down you receive a telegraph from Fort Asshole to Commander Nostril, announcing the arrival of General Shit.
0: That... there's a difference. There's such a difference between farting and shitting. It's a big difference too, I... I just... I don't understand. You know, I mean, I applaud you for that... that extended metaphor, but... I'm just kind of perplexed at this point, Gallagher. I guess, I mean, can we just... no, that's never happened to me. I don't shit my pants. I stopped shitting my pants. I just—I stopped. I just stopped. I made a conscious decision when I was like four that I was going to use toilets. Um, and you know, the sh prefix just means shit. Like, you know, I understand that you're trying to talk about maybe like sharding, but sharding is just shitting. There's no charting. There's no such thing. It's just—if you produced shit, it is shitting. If that is the end product, it's shitting. If the end product is fart. You are farting. That's the difference. Please give me the last one.
2: Will. Uh, you ever, uh, on the bus, and, uh, you're looking for some audio entertainment, and, uh, you release, uh, those, uh, those damp raw skids?
0: Oh, uh, those damp raw skids? Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can dig that. Um, I've been known to listen to those. Well, that's right. Uh, whenever you're
2: bored just walking around, why not listen to those damp raw skids?
0: Yeah, they're skids, they're damp and they're raw those damp raw skids Um, Gallagher, get out of my house and uh, the rest of you go to www.gooncast.com go to www.duckfeed.tv go to www.lureeds.com and go to www.deadideavahala.com also rate and review the show on iTunes I'm stalled at 9 reviews, 17 ratings I'll never be new and noteworthy at this point. I'm no longer new. You know, I'm at 29, which in podcast years is like 150. But um, every little bit counts. Every little thing you can do is magic. Everything you do will turn me on. And you know, my life before is tragic. And you give me the strength to carry on. Plato said that.
1: saying I'm loving it you are else